Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Graham Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today. Hey, we are on episode 50. We are halfway to a million or a hundred or give or take something like that. Math is hard. Math is hard, people. Five out of four people are bad at math. I uh, hope you got that joke. Okay, so uh, today we got a great episode for you today. We are uh, we are on the downhill slope of the month of April here. As you may know, we are doing 30 episodes in 30 days. Today we got a uh, another listener Q&A, a great question, talking all about who do you contact actually to speak at school. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to get into that here in just a second. But before we do... Let me quickly remind you that we have this event coming up, actually about a month away, almost exactly a month away from today, the Speaker Lab Workshop. Now, it's actually, we used to call it the Speaker Lab Live, and we just recently, there was some confusion there, so we changed the name to uh, Speaker Lab Workshop. Same event, nothing has changed other than just a, a new name there, but we wanted to basically sweeten the deal for you, all right? We got a lot of people that have, have registered for this, a lot of people that are going to be coming. We're limiting it to just 30 people. It's going to be a one-day event here in Nashville on May 21st. We'd love to have you come participate, be a part of it, help you in your speaking business. It's going to be a kind of a mastermind. We're going to help you specifically in your business and where you're stuck. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to sweeten the deal for you. We created two separate things that I want to let you know about. First of all is between now and let's see here. Let me look at the calendar here. And April 29th, that's next Friday, April 29th. If you register for the Speaker Lab workshop, we're going to give you the Art of Speaking course, the complete edition. Now, as you may know, this is a course that we generally offer for 397 bucks. But if you register for the Speaker Lab workshop, we were just going to include that for you for free. Yes, that's right, for free. It is an online training that we offer teaching you all about how to create, craft, and deliver your presentations. It's 23 video lessons, several different bonuses that we include as well. So again, we normally offer that for 397 bucks, but if you register to to, uh, come hang out with us at the Speaker Lab workshop, then we are going to give you that for free. Also, uh, now again, let me just tell you that that uh, Art of Speaking bonus, that expires next Friday. Again, that's going to be expiration of April 29th. So you've got literally one week to jump in on that before that dis- that disappears, that goes away. Also, one other thing is some people are just like, man, I, you know, I, I want to do it. I'm interested, but uh, I want to make sure that it's a good use of my time, a good investment of my time. I want to make sure I get a return on investment. I, here's what we decided to do. I am so confident that this will be a win for you and that you will more than earn back your investment on this one day event. That here's what we're going to do. We created a guarantee that basically states if you don't make back at least three times your investment, 
three times your investment by coming to the event, then I will personally work with you and make sure that you earn that back or we'll just refund your money. All right. I want to make this literally a no brainer for you. I want to make this as simple as possible for you. So again, let me say that again. If you invest in the Speaker Lab workshop, you come, you hang out with us, and you don't at least triple your investment through speaking business and what you learn from that, then I will personally work with you, make sure that we help you with that and help make sure that it is a, a win and a success for you. So again, we'd love to have you come be a part of that. You can find out all the details over at thespeakerlab.com slash workshop. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash workshop. Okay, enough about that chit chat. Let's get into today's question. Again, this is a question that came from our private Facebook group. We'd uh, love to have you uh, check that out as well if you'd like. You can find that over at the uh, the speakerlabgroup.com. Again, the speakerlabgroup.com. But uh, let's get into today's question. All right, today's question comes from Mehdi Spies, who is a, uh, a member of our Booked and Paid to Speak community. Hey, if you're not already a part of Booked and Paid to Speak or uh, a training course and community, why not? It's where you need to be, my friend. All right, she asked a great question. She asked, for those of you who speak, uh, and this actually came in again through our, our private Facebook group for uh, members only, but she asked, for those of you that speak in high schools and middle schools, who do you contact or email when you are interested in speaking at a school? Do you contact the superintendent, the principal, a school counselor, etc.? Thanks for the help. All right, good question here from Medi. Thanks for that. So the main question here is who is the decision maker for schools? And I'll give you some expounded, expounded or expanded information here in a second. But let's start with this. The short answer is it depends. It depends. Now, I have done a lot of speaking in the education market, especially with high schools. And I can tell you that I've been booked by a large variety of people in different roles. So uh, I've worked with principals. I've worked with vice or uh, assistant principals. I've worked with counselors, with activities directors, with club sponsors or individual teachers. So for example, the, the teacher that would spon- be like kind of the, the quote unquote chaperone for a, a, a club like student council or FFA or FCCLA or one of, one of those type of groups. So it really depends. There's a large number of people that it could be whenever it comes to booking. It also kind of depends on, on what it is that you are speaking about and who it is that you're speaking to. Meaning if you are going to speak to the entire school, it may be a different decision maker versus if you are speaking to, uh, let's say, just the athletics department, in which case it may be one of the coaches you know, who, who would be hiring you. Now, having said that, again, it depends. Uh, let me just give you a couple of general rules here. I'll give you four general rules I came up with. First one, number one, is that the smaller the school, the more likely it is the principal. The smaller the school, the more likely it is the principal. Because in those smaller school situations and settings, they they just may not have a lot of, of support staff. They're generally going to be stretched thin already, so they just may be carrying the bulk of the work. And by small, it's tough to say, but I would I would say, you know, probably 500 and below would be a, um, and maybe even just a couple hundred or below would be the type of school that would probably the principal would be the decision maker. So that's, again, general. Another general, number two, would be that the bigger the school, the more likely it's someone else. So again, the smaller the school, more likely it's the principal. The bigger the school, more likely it's someone else. Now, again, I've done a few school assemblies where it was the principal and it was the decision maker. And in some cases, I've actually done some assemblies where I got there and either the principal didn't even know that they were having an assembly 
or I've done a few where I went there, I spoke, I left, and I never even met the principal. It was someone else who was in charge, and the principal was just swamped and and had you know had other stuff going on. So really, it can depend a lot. Again, it's usually the principal of the school, but the bigger the school it is, more than likely it's going to be someone else who is the decision makers. Third one, again, another just general rule here, third general rule is that the district or the superintendent of the district is generally not involved at all. I wouldn't bother contacting a district or contacting the superintendent, especially as it relates to assemblies. Most schools just have autonomy to do whatever it is that they want. They're not having to run that through the district or not having to get the, the district to you know pick a speaker or anything like that. So as a general rule, I, I can't think of any time actually where a district, you know, sometimes maybe district officials will come watch an assembly, but rarely, if ever, I can think of a time where a, a superintendent or someone from the district office actually, you know, picked the speaker and we, we booked through them. Fourth one, fourth and final kind of just general rule for who the decision makers would be at schools would be that elementary and middle schools, it's almost always the principal. Elementary and middle schools, it's almost always the principal. So with high schools, it can vary a lot. With elementary and middle schools, it's almost always the principal. Why? Generally, because again, they are smaller schools with smaller budgets, and because these principals are usually just more involved in all the day to day activities with their students. So, they're typically just more, they're just more involved. Again, most of the time, elementaries and middle schools, they are smaller relative to high schools. High schools can be, you know, a thousand or sometimes several thousand students. And there's just a lot going on there. So a principal may not, just may not be involved in all the day-to-day activities that may be happening at a large school. Whereas with an elementary or a middle school, typically it may be, you know, a few hundred students there. Then typically it's a little easier for the principal to be more involved. So for elementaries and middle schools, generally it's going to be the principal. So again, although it's it's generally the principal who you would want to contact, I would also start by looking at the school's individual website. So sometimes that site on that site, like the, the About Us page or something like that will include a little bit more about maybe who is responsible for what. So it may show you know, such and such is in charge of attendance and such and such is in charge of discipline and such and such is in charge of the athletics program and such and such is in charge of assemblies. And so you have like different, some of these different roles within schools that are shown on the website of who is in charge of what. So again, it may eliminate some of the guesswork by knowing who to contact. And so I would would at least give a glance to that and give a look at the site to figure out if you can tell who, uh, who that decision maker might be. So from there, next thing I would do is I would actually email the principal. And what I would do is I would send a very simple one-line email. So my email would just basically say, I was just curious who is responsible for booking school assemblies. Thanks. That's it. That's that's the whole email. Why? Like, Because if it is them, they can just answer. They can let me know. If it's someone else, they can forward it on. But it's just, it's good to start with the principal. And when you send this initial email, the goal here is to get a reply. That's why you're keeping it as short and as simple as possible. You are making it really, really easy for them to answer and to re- respond to you. You don't need to, you don't need to use this email to tell them your life story or that you're a speaker and here's 97 things that you speak about. And here's a link to your, your website 
right in your video. Like, don't do that. Just remember, like, the principals are really, really busy and they just don't take the time to read like emails that are small novels. So keep it really short, keep it uh, simple and easy to reply to. And so again, if it's a bigger school and the principal is most likely not involved, they will either tell you it's not them or it's someone else. Or you may try sending that same type of email to an assistant principal or a vice principal or a counselor to see if they can they can chime in and point you in the right right direction there. Now, when you are sending this email asking, also keep in mind when you send it may determine if you get a reply. So think about just school schedules and calendars. Most principals are going to be out of the office during the, the start of school. They're going to be out during lunchtime. And they're also probably going to be out of the office about the, you know, around the hour or so when school is actually letting out. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind when breaks are, when their summer break is, when spring break is, when winter break is, when testing is. So if it were me, I would usually send uh, that initial email, usually like either mid morning or right after lunch uh, with the goal of I'm, I'm trying to catch them at a time where they're most likely to read it and most likely to respond to it. So some of that may take some uh, some trial and error and just some some testing on, on, on your part there. But again, bottom line is this. Remember, every school is different. So simplest way to figure out who the decision maker is at any given school is just to literally come right out and ask them. So a lot of times this is the principle. Sometimes it's not. Simplest just to ask. So hope that helps. Thanks for the question, Maddie. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that, my friends. Uh, that wraps up episode 50. And yeah, again, just a quick reminder, we still have the, the Speaker Lab workshop. Again, you've got that Art of Speaking bonus plus that 3X guarantee on the, uh, just to make sure it's a win for you and you, you get a, a huge return on investment there. So again, you can find out all the details on that over at thespeakerlab.com slash workshop. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash workshop. All right, my friends, again, that wraps up episode 50. We will see you tomorrow. We got a great uh, case study that we're going to be sharing tomorrow with one of our very own Booked and Paid to Speak students. So be on the lookout for that, my friends. We'll catch you then. You're awesome.